We are in a series that we're finishing up today called Blessed to be a Blessing from Genesis 12, verse 2, where God said, I will bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm blessing you, and you will be a blessing. And I've loved this series. It is a series about generosity. I want to thank you, by the way, just for being uh, with us through this series, for sticking with us, for opening your heart to it. And I've just felt such an openness from our church community. And uh, this series is ending today with a special offering that you're going to have the opportunity to give today. And uh, for you watching on YouTube, listening on podcasts, you'll be able to give as well if you feel led to do that. We have not asked anyone to give, nor have we given an amount to give. We asked everyone to ask God what they should give and if they should give. And the, the statement that we have been standing on is pray and obey. And so we have prayed. And we're going to obey today, whatever that is. And I am fired up to see what God's going to do. We gave our offering yesterday, and I'll share maybe a little bit more about that here in a couple of minutes. But I uh, was honored to do so and excited to see what God's going to do. Let me just build your faith for a couple of minutes and I'll get you out of here. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha. She cried out, my husband who served you is dead. You know he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all. Well, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars, and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. Then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. I want to preach just a few moments today from the subject, pour it out. Pour it out. Look at your neighbor say, pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Father, I come now to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this amazing and sacred day. I pray, Holy Spirit, anoint me one more time to share this word. I pray for insight, revelation, and knowledge, and I pray that every heart would be open, every ear would be attentive, and I pray that you would speak to us in the moments we share. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Uh, The late, great Catherine Kuhlman said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. What Catherine was saying is I can't separate the two. I, I, I cannot separate God from the miraculous. He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a mountain mover. He, he is God, and because he's God, he does God stuff. I believe in miracles simply because I believe in God. And today is Miracle Sunday. Today we are receiving our 
miracle offering. And today we are believing not only for miracles in our church, for City Light, but we are believing for miracles in your life. And if you need a miracle, you're in the right place at the right time. If you're watching right now and you need a miracle, you're watching at the right time. Because we believe in God, we believe in miracles, and we believe God's going to do a miracle in your life. Somebody say amen Amen. to this preacher. Here is what a miracle is. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws. Let's go. One more time. It is a a surprising. Some of y'all are like, no more surprises. 2020's had enough surprises. I'm talking about a surprising and welcome event. I'm talking about this is good news. This is when the Holy Ghost knocks on your door and has something for you. It is a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws. This is when God enters into time. He gets your address. He gets your phone number. And he says, I'm going to do something in your life that you cannot do on your own. It is surprising. It is unexplainable, but it is welcome. And I just want you to hear me, God, right now. I am open and you are welcome to do a miracle in my life. Come on. And if God is welcome in your life, why don't you just give him some praise? It's a welcome event. We're looking at properties right now, and and basically the square footage we need is going to cost about $5 million. And then we're going to have to buy it, and then we're going to have to build it out. That's going to be about another $3 million. I need $8 million. Jesus, I don't have it. He's got it. So I'm expecting some surprising welcome events in the form of checks. Amen. That's just what I'm believing for. You're believing for what you're believing for. Come on. And we believe in miracles because we believe in God. And we believe God can do it. Now, this word miracle in the New Testament, like Acts chapter 19, says that God did special miracles through the Apostle Paul. This word miracle, there's another word you read in the book of Acts called power. And that word power and miracle are the same Greek word. It's the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get dynamic or dynamite. It literally means God's ability. It means God's power. It's, it's God doing what you can't do, but he does it through you. It's, it's God doing what you can't do, but he does it for you. It's God doing what, what you can't do, but he does it in you. It's God's ability. It's God's power. It's dynamic. It's like an explosion. It's a miracle. It's power. It's God's working in the lives of men and women. Miracles are open doors. It's undeniable favor. It's answers to prayer. It's open heavens. It's angelic activity, instantaneous healing, freedom from addiction, new beginnings, right people, right places, right time. We're talking about miracles in Jesus' name, and God still does miracles. But there is a process to miracles because every time you see a miracle in the Bible, it always comes with either a question or an instruction every time. It never just happens. Because while God is about to do something for you, he knows he also has to do something in you. So every miracle not only blesses your life, but it enlarges who you are as a person. So if you're not willing to answer some questions, you're not willing to have a miracle because God wants to do something for you, but he also knows that he has to do something in you so that what he does for you actually changes those around you. 
Am I saying enough? I know it's 1226 and we hungry, but give me a couple of minutes now. So, so let me ask you a question. What do you have? That's the first question I want you to answer today. What do you have? This woman comes to Elisha and she says, I need a miracle. And he responds, what do you got in your house? What do you got? <laughs> kind of insensitive, kind of irrelevant, doesn't really go with what she's asking. I need money. My sons are about to be taken. I've lost my source of income, which is my husband. I'm in trouble. What do you got? See, Elisha knew that before God could change her life, God had to change her thinking. Before God changes your circumstance, he has to change your perspective. Before he changes what's going on around you, he has to change something that's going on in you. That's what preaching does, by the way. It's not that preaching changes your life. It's that preaching is an open door to life change. But preaching is confrontation. Preaching is awkward. Y'all ever sit out there and you feel awkward? Imagine how I feel. Y'all masked up and you still giving me a dirty look. I can still see your little eyes just. It's awkward. But what preaching does is preaching creates opportunity. Oh man, that word changed my life. It actually didn't. That word created a door that you can or cannot walk through. It's up to you. It's on you. That All preaching does is create opportunity. All Elisha was doing was creating an opportunity for the woman to receive a miracle. He says, what do you have? And that's what a lot of preaching is. It's asking questions. A lot of preaching is getting you to think. A lot of preaching is getting you to confront the lies you've believed to receive a truth that you have not believed. But in order to receive the truth that God is offering you, you have to reject the lie that you've been walking in. That's what preaching does. And that's why preaching can be kind of awkward at times. And that's why sometimes you leave mad. And frankly, that's why I leave mad sometimes. Amen. But it's, but y'all didn't get a teacher. You got a preacher. So deal with it. Okay. <laughs> Teaching tells you what the Bible says. Preaching says this is how you live. <laughs> on and on, on and on. Keep on, keep on preaching, Jabin, before everyone gets mad at you. So, so God wants you to see what is possible. God wants you to see what you do have. God wants you to see what is not what is not. What do you have? What's in your house? What is around you? And I love what she says. It is so 2020. Nothing. What's in your house? Nothing. Like not a couch? Nothing. Not a bed? Nothing. Not soap? Nothing. Not water? Nothing. Not a window? Nothing. Not drapes? Nothing. Nothing. Did you notice it? Not clothes? Nothing. That's how a lot of us are talking this year. I just want 2020 to be over. What's going to happen on January 1st? Well, you think that virus is going to disappear? Y'all better change your perspective. A lot of y'all have more faith in a number than you have in God. Because uh, COVID-19 is going to be here on January 1st, 2021. But can I tell you who else is going to be here? God's going to be here. And if you'll change your perspective, 
And if you'll learn how to believe God, stop cursing 2020 or you're just going to curse the next year. And then the devil's going to get two years from you. Am I telling the truth? Okay, is this thing on? Okay, okay, just making sure. What do you got? Nothing. Is there anything, is there any hope for your marriage? None. Can God do a work in your finances? Nothing. How's this year been going? Nothing. It's just zero, zero, zero. And there's this response, there's this, this tendency in us in challenge to only see the loss and ignore what God may be doing. She could not see the, I'm not making light of 2020. At this point, I think we've all been affected by COVID in one way or another. We've lost friends and family. We've lost income. We've, we've lived in the fear of it. We've, we've had to deal with, I'm not making light of it. But in all of the loss, she lost her faith. She couldn't see the possibility. She couldn't, she couldn't see anything good. She, she couldn't see the miracle in the making. What do you have in your house? And she could find nothing. And as long as your confession is nothing, your harvest will be nothing. And Jesus reiterates this. He says in a parable that is terrifying. He says, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. What, what Jesus? Because <laughs> if your confession is I have nothing, then what you do have will even be taken away. And she goes, I got nothing, prophet. And I could almost imagine Elisha, nothing, 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 zero. Nothing, zilch. Nothing, zero. Nothing, nada. <laughs> nada, nada, I said. And you could almost imagine the stare off. And that's why I get quiet sometimes when I'm preaching. I just start looking. And it gets awkward. Because I'm just like, just think for a second. The Bible's full of possibilities. God is a possibility, God. But you gotta, you got to change it. And you could almost imagine there's this stare off that finally leads to her going, well, I mean, I mean, I got this oil, but. It. it it's just a little bit of oil. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's number two. You got to learn how to give God your not enough. Huh. I, I got a little, I got a little bit of oil. Here's why she said nothing. And here's why some of you are saying nothing. Because what she had was absolutely not enough for her future. It was not enough for her children. It was not enough for her debtors. It was not enough. And maybe you're looking at your life going, it's not enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough hope. I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough prayer. I don't have enough word. I don't have enough opportunity. There aren't enough jobs out there. I, there I've got nothing. Listen, you, you have to get comfortable. Oh man, this is such a faith key for your life. And I'm, I'm a faith guy and you gotta learn this. You, ha you have to learn 
how to get comfortable in the not enough, how to learn how to give God you're not enough, have to, have to learn how to surrender you're not enough because, because the God of more than enough doesn't need enough. He needs not enough. If you had enough, you wouldn't need a miracle. But she had lost her husband. She's about to lose her kids. So all she can see is loss. And maybe you feel like that right now. 2020 has been an L. You've just taken L after L after L. It's been loss after loss after loss. And you finally look around, you go, I have nothing. No, you do have something. And it doesn't have to be enough. What she lost was painful. But what she had left was powerful. Can I, can I prophesy to you, what you lost was painful. But what you have left is powerful. If you put it in the right hands. In her hands, nothing. In the hands of the man of God, in the hands of God, more than enough. So we're not in denial about what we lost. We just choose to focus on what we have left. Believing that what we have left is enough for God to bless. Oh, man. So, so this is what I have. And he says, go gather vessels. See, we're all, we're all believing for this, eh? God of exceedingly, yeah. God of abundantly, yeah. More than we ask or think. We're all... They hit you funny, Stephanie? Hey, you, they scare you? I'm here to entertain. That's why I'm here. So I'm the pastor. Um, we're all, this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing God for. Overflow. Exceedingly abundantly above. Seed to the sower, bread to eat. More than enough. Overflow. That's okay. We, we should. But this is in this. Huh. the big thing is actually in the small thing. The massive thing that you're believing God to reap is only reaped when this is sowed. So we're, we're praying for this, but you don't get this by prayer. You reap this by sowing. Huh. The vessels didn't fill by themselves. The vessels filled when she began to pour. So the big thing I'm believing God for is in the small thing that I have left. Oh, man. The, the, the big thing that I'm praying for, the big thing that I'm believing God for in the next year, the, the big thing that I'm believing God to break through in my life before, before 2020 ends, all, all of that that I'm standing on and believing for and, and, and trusting God with all of that, the, the, the prayers that I wrote down and the prayer requests that I wrote down January 1st, 2020, that I'm believing God to do in my life, all of that, all of that is in this. So I have to gather vessels, that's faith, that's obedience, that's trust, but then I have to pour. This was not enough to fill that without God. 
It was more than enough with God. This was not enough to fill any of these. But once the hand of God got in it, there weren't enough vessels to hold it. That sounds like Malachi chapter three. When you give, I'll pour out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive. So if you'll pour it out, God will make sure you never run out. Am I talking to anybody? I'm talking about provision. I'm talking about this doesn't make sense, but for some reason it doesn't run out. And you can live this way. And you can live protective and you can live in fear. And you can live holding on to every little thing you got. And the Bible said in Proverbs 11, the world of the stingy is getting smaller and smaller. Or you can live like this. God, whatever you want to do, whatever, whatever you're leading me to do, Holy Spirit, whatever you're saying, it's yes. And if you'll ever pour out, God will make sure you never run out. But it's not enough. You got to give God you're not enough. Jesus looks at the disciples, Matthew 14. They look at 5,000 families, roughly 20,000 people. Jesus goes, hey guys, uh, give them something to eat. <laughs> and they go, uh, we don't have enough. And they actually said, we don't have anything but two pieces of fish and some bread. We got like a leftover Long John Silver's meal, like the last little bit. And Peter ate all the yummy little crackling, little crunchy things on the bottom. Y'all know about those little things? That he ate all those. He got the good part. That's all we got. It's not enough. It's not enough. And it, and it wasn't, I don't know if you know this, two pieces of fish and a couple of pieces of bread is not enough. Y'all know that, right? To feed 20,000 people. Okay, are we all clear on that? Okay. I guess not. Okay, but it's not. It's not unless you put it in the hands of Jesus. And this oil wasn't enough for her family until she put it in the hands of God. And your not enough becomes more than enough when it's placed in the right hands. Lastly, here's what happens when you give. Yeah, does God bless you? Yeah. Does God give seed to the sower? Yeah. Does God give bread to food? Yeah. Does God, does God promise give and it'll be given back to you? Press down, shaking together, running over it. Yeah, all that, all that. We've talked about that. We believe all that. Amen, 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 amen to all that. Let me tell you what I'm most excited about. The moment this woman trusted God, she left a legacy. You get to leave a legacy. D, you get to leave a legacy. Weston, you get to leave a legacy. Chris, you get to leave a legacy. We get to leave it. Zach, you get to leave a legacy. Griffin, you, you will leave a legacy when you get married. Don't have kids before that. But once you get married, then you'll leave a legacy. Okay, amen. Just, that's our kids, pastor. Amen. I just, there's an order to this thing. Amen. Okay, so we're going to leave a legacy. Carlos, the same for you, our tech director. Okay, just making sure. Okay. We're going to leave a legacy. See, this is actually my, this is my favorite part of the text for, as a parent. Can I see all the parents' hands? Let me see you. Let me see you. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's my favorite part. <laughs> We're too tired to make a noise, huh? It's like, parents, make some noise. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> if I said the singles, it'd be like, ah! Parents, do I have to raise my hand? <laughs> Tired. Oh, everything hurts. Okay, so. It's funny. This is funny. I don't have anything funnier than this. So if you don't think it's funny, it's all I got. Um, she, what she did, this is why it fires me up. What she did, she didn't just do for her children. She did it with her children. She said, boys, go grab the vessel, shut the door. God's going to do a miracle in our house, which is the greatest miracle when God does a miracle in your house. When God does a miracle in your marriage, when God does a miracle in your children, when God, when God answers a prayer for your family, that's, that's the greatest miracle. They shut the door because the neighbors couldn't handle this and the friends couldn't handle this. They, they could be a part of it, but eventually you do have to shut the door and believe God. And they shut the door. It's, Zach, you can come on up. They shut the door and, and they begin to pour. And now it's not just her miracle, it's their miracle. Amen. And now she has a miracle that her children now have and that her children will tell their children. And now there's this thing called generational blessing. But generational blessing only comes from generational obedience. There's now generational blessing and now those boys will one day tell their boys and their girls what God did. <sighs> Legacy. Legacy, have you ever heard that word? It is a gift given by an ancestor from the past. I want to leave a legacy, a gift given to my children and my grandchildren. See, a legacy started with my dad. And on the campus of the University of New Mexico during the Jesus movement, a wild preacher was out preaching out on the streets and my dad got saved. And my dad led his nine brothers and sisters to the Lord. Come on, this was the 50s. There was nothing else to do. Amen. You just had babies. There was nothing else to do back then, I guess. Grandma and grandpa were getting busy. You know what I'm saying? They 10 kids and funny so they were married so they so I don't know I think yeah I think they were so my dad I was trying to think I was like I don't know my dad my dad gets saved and all of his siblings come to Christ and then my grandparents came to Christ before they died good Catholic beautiful people who trusted Jesus and then that spiritual legacy got on us now on Goldie. But it wasn't just a spiritual legacy. It was also a financial legacy. My father was born and raised in an adobe house in New Mexico without running water. And he, he says, I, I remember back in the day, my, my dad and I would go out to, they had a two-seater outside, a two-seater porta potty up, uh, outdoor. Yeah. Call, I guess, porta potty, outhouse, outhouse. There you go. Thank you, outhouse. And we would sit there, and he said, I'd sit there. My dad would sit there reading the Sears magazine with a cigarette. And he 
said, I always knew when dad was done because he'd rip a paper. <laughs> yeah, okay, there it is. Okay, you got it. And then, and then, but, and then my dad worked. And by the time I was born, I was born, psh, I had electricity and running water. Single wide trailer. Let's go in a trailer park. But we were moving on up. Yeah. And he left a financial legacy through giving and working hard and that got on me. And I remember being a little kid in church. And back in our church, back growing up, it's kind of old school. We would the kids would worship with the parents. And then when the word would start, the kids would leave. And so I would always remember my mom pulling out her purse and opening up her checkbook and writing out the tithe. And then she'd hand it to me and I'd get to drop it in the bucket. And so they not only left a spiritual legacy, but now a financial legacy. And through the work ethic that my dad taught me, then my wife and I have been able to do. And now, now my parents' ceiling has become our floor. <laughs> and then Goldie, Banking. Amen. She's spoiled, but I love it. And, and we're going to be able to do for Goldie what our parents couldn't dream of doing for us. But it's legacy. And then one day, I can't wait. Goldie's going to get old and rich. She's going to take care of me. She's going to spoil me. She's going to buy me a Tesla, one of those X ones. Well, by then, who knows what I'm, you know, something flying, it's going to be awesome. She's going to buy me that. Let's go. It's generational blessing, but generational blessing only comes from generational obedience because the Bible said she did what the man of God said. And I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about Jesus. You obeyed Jesus. That's why this whole last month, I've, I've not asked you to give. I've asked you to ask God. blessing works down. There's this awesome story, 1 Chronicles 28 and 29. David wants to build God a house. I love, the, I love the thought. David goes, I'm living in this beautiful, plush, royal palace, and the Ark of the Covenant's out there in a tent. This ain't right. We got to build God a house. So he, he goes and he tells God, I want to build you a house. And God goes, you know what? You're going to help, but it's actually not for you. It's for your kids. It's for Solomon. So David gives of his personal treasury $21 billion. This temple was ornate and beautiful, gold. And, I mean, it's wild. But I want you to capture this. God said, this, David, it's not about you. It's about your kids. You're building a house, but it's not for you. It's for your kids. Can I, can I submit to you that the miracle was not for the woman? The miracle was for her boys. And the reason that we're building God a house in this city is not even really for us. It's for those who have not even physically been born yet and especially for those who have not been born again yet. It's for who's next. And let me just talk to you, especially if you're a little older like me. I'm 37. If you're a little older like me, I know the music's loud. I know it. I know those lights can get you right in the eyes at the wrong time. You're like finally connecting with God and the psst, they get you right there. And it's like, what is going on? But it's not about you. 
we're, we're building something for the next generation. We're building a house. We're, we're, we're building a space. We're building a place. It's legacy. And if, if we'll pour out, God said you'll never run out. So Psalm 37, 25 says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed, their kids begging bread. So blessing is not just how much I have, it's really how much I can give. Blessing is the impact I make. Blessing is the people I can reach. Blessing is how the next generation gets to start because of me. That's blessing. That's blessing. That's blessing. So we're going to pour it out. I was um, just a few months from getting married to Shannon and we, we were so poor. We were so poor. But we wanted to get married. We wanted to do it God's way. And so we, we were like, let's just get married and see what happens. <laughs> just crazy kids. And we had about $3,000 to our name. It was literally everything we had. And it was from basically just high school graduations from a few years earlier. And uh, we don't come from money, so we're going to have to pay for our own wedding. We're going to have to, you know, do those kind of things. And the Holy Spirit so clearly spoke to us to give our savings away. $3,000, and we, we sowed that. And it was terrifying. But we did it. Well, because God is God. <laughs> Uh, he absolutely took care of our wedding. Someone gave us $1,500 that paid for our honeymoon. Another person gave us their couches. Another person gave us a TV. And, and between, another person bought us a bed uh, or at least a mattress, gave us $500 for a mattress or a bed, whatever. Uh, and then from the gifts from our wedding, you know, we had some used furniture and a little bit of Ikea and a little Target. And we, let's go. It was awesome, you know. We didn't care. We were 20 years old and having fun, you know what I'm saying? And so, I don't mean it like, I don't mean it like that, but that too. It's been an awkward Sunday. Sorry, I need to eat more food. So, no, we're just having fun. We're just pumped. We're just getting married. And so, uh, you know, when we gave that seed, it wasn't like we woke up the next morning to a new car or, you know, some hundredfold return. It wasn't like that. But that day, I no longer feared money. I no longer trusted money. And I no longer feared lack. It was like I knew that I knew that I knew that God was my source. And I've never been afraid since. I've never been afraid. And I've lived with an open hand from that. It was like something broke over me. Like the tithe, who cares about the tithe? Like it's all God's. Like it was on that day that I went like, I'm all in for real. You fast forward almost 10 years later and we sold a house and made a massive profit. And I remember the real estate agent calling me and saying, hey, check your bank account. The funds have gone through. And I remember opening my app and looking at that amount of money that just hit our savings account, amount of money I had never seen in my life. And I just, I was crying my eyes out in my car. We were in California at this time. I'm just crying and crying. closed the app, took a deep breath, and I said, Lord, 
that's yours too. And if you want it, it's yours. And then I was super grateful because he didn't ask for it. (laughs) Can I be real with you? (laughs) Praise the Lord. And so... But it was, it, was, it was a trust thing. And, and if you would have said give it, I'd have gave it. We'd have given it. He didn't, but he could have. So then a few weeks ago, uh, I've, I've been pretty open with you. Our personal finances have taken a huge hit this year because of COVID, because of our other things we do. And so a few weeks ago, I, uh, I told you, but I was really telling God, I was like, you know, we're not going to be able to give as much this year as we've given in the past. But I was talking to him, but I was like, parents, have you ever talked to your spouse through your kids? (laughs) I did once. One time I was talking to Goldie about her mama, but to her mama, but through Goldie. And I was like, mom's not in a very good mood today, is she? And I learned real quick not to ever do that again. Amen. I called a board member after that and I was like, you ever talk to your spouse, to your wife, through your kids? He said, no, I'm not that dumb. Why? I go, no, no reason. Never. I've never done that. Um, and what I was, I was telling God, like, God, you know, we ain't going to be able to give like last year and the year before because, you know, things are a little tighter. And he was like, hey, don't talk to me through your kids. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> Because I knew the number that we were supposed to give in this offering. And by the grace of God, when I say by the grace of God, I mean by the grace of God because it doesn't make sense except that it, it only makes sense that because I pour. We gave more today than we gave last year. And I don't say that. I think you should know that I lead financially in this church, not like I'm the top giver, but that we lead we lead in generosity. We, we take the first step. And somehow this year, I can't tell you how other than it's God. Somehow this year, we have given 30% of our income back to the kingdom this year. And um, that is a pure gift of grace that he's allowed us to do that. And I'm not scared. And I'm not worried. And I'm not talking about being dumb. I'm not talking about putting your kids in jeopardy. I'm talking about obeying the Holy Spirit. I gave that yesterday. And here's what I know. I know if I'll just keep pouring. I know that if I'll just pour out, God will make sure I never run out. And I know the same is true for you. And so I hope that this series, I I hope it has not just led you to give something today, though I hope you do, right? I hope it is freeing you of the fear of lack to trust God even in the craziness of our world right now. So we're gonna give. We're gonna trust God and we're gonna believe God. And um, we're gonna pray and we're gonna obey. So I want to thank you for your open heart. I want to thank you for sowing into this year's offering. 
And I want to thank you that you've trusted us enough to do so and that you, more importantly, are trusting God with your wealth. And together, we're going to give God our not enough. He's going to make it more than enough. Amen? Why don't you jump up on your feet? I want to pray for you. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Father, we present our offering, we present our hearts, we present our lives to you. And I pray that as we give, you would do something so beyond, so extraordinary, so miraculous in our lives. In us, for us, through us. We trust you and we honor you. We give back to you with a heart of generosity and a heart of gratitude. And we do trust you. Lord, I pray for your people as they give today that you would give back to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That today's offering would be a legacy offering that would shake and shape the next generation. I pray that today would go before you as a memorial, that it would honor you and that you would honor their obedience. We thank you that you have called us into your kingdom and that you've allowed us to be a part of it, that you allow us to sow into it. So we take this money, we take it out of the world system of decrease We place it into your kingdom of increase. We pour it out. And we believe that as we pour out, you will make sure we never run out. For your glory, for your honor, for the praise of the name of Jesus and for the building of his church, I pray.